0: Welcome to IVF Tales, a podcast hoping to make the world of fertility treatment less lonely.
1: We want to start conversations about different fertility journeys to empower your decisions and build a community that understands.
0: Each week we will speak to someone whose journey to having a child has taken a little bit more than a few vodka cruises.
1: We are your hosts, Tiffany and
2: Amy.
0: Hi everyone, in today's episode, Amy and I spoke to Lisa. Uh, Lisa speaks about having a suspicion that her and her husband would need some kind of intervention with conception. Um, Eventually finding out that she had polycystic ovary syndrome um, and that leading to fertility treatment and IVF. She talks to us a little bit about being overstimulated um, during her round of IVF and um a few other things we went a little bit off topic a couple of times um but we really enjoyed our chat with Lisa and hope that you will forgive that we recorded this during um winter a while ago so Amy and I both had uh very strong sniffles which I have tried to edit out as best as I could but I apologize if there are any in there and Um, it's yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, we really enjoyed this interview with Lisa and, uh, she's had her second little baby boy since we recorded and yeah, we're so happy for her and we hope you enjoy listening. Thank you for joining us today, Lisa. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, did you want to start us off with a little bit about yourself and who's in your family? Sure. Um, my name's Lisa. I'm 33. I live in Melbourne. Um, I live with my husband, Michael. Um, we've got a two-year-old son He's just turned two and we're expecting baby number two early October. So um, Michael and I have been married for five years this year and we've actually been together for 19 years. So we got together very, very young um, and
1: yeah, that's our family. And congratulations on your second baby.
2: Thank you. Thank you. It's very exciting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess um, I am the eldest of five children, so I've always come from um having lots of kids around and always wanted to have kids. Um, but I always had this weird feeling that I wouldn't be able to or there would be something wrong. It's so strange and I just think even as a young girl I used to think, I'm going to struggle to have kids. And um, like I said, Michael and I were together for a long time before we got married and everyone was putting on the pressure to propose and all of that sort of thing. And I wasn't, I, I wanted to get married, but I was more like, if you t- take your time with this and we struggle to have kids, I am not going to cope. So it was like always in the back of my head for some strange reason. Um, so, yeah, then we, we got married in... 2015 and um went on a long honeymoon and I came off the pill during that time so I'd gone on the pill kind of in my late teens and now when I reflect on it like my period was all over the place so I never really looked into why I just was put on the pill and that sort of sorted it out um but when we went on our honeymoon came off the pill and then by the time we got home, we officially started trying in the October of that year, I think, and um, just had no success and very, very irregular periods. So um, I went to my GP and she's like, just keep trying for six months and come back. And I was like, no, I'm sure there's something not right. But, you know, she said, if you've been on the hill for a while, just wait and see what comes of it. Um And then finally I took Michael into the GP with me and I feel like that was sort of um, prompted her to take a bit more, what's the word, action I guess. Um, So by that stage we'd been trying for about six months. It would be, yeah, around the middle of 2016. And she did some blood tests. and a scan, which ended up showing that I had polycystic ovaries. So um, I actually had all three indicators of the syndrome. So no periods for months on end. My um, hormones were all out of whack. And then when I went for the scan, my ovaries, both ovaries, were just covered in cysts, like talking 30, 40 cysts on each ovary. I just remember being there and seeing it on the screen and there's just all these black dots everywhere and of course I don't know what I'm looking at but I just thought this is not good and I was pretty devastated at that point and just thought like I just knew I just knew there was something wrong. Um but yeah the pill sort of masked all of that for so long. So um yeah and then we went on to have Michael checked out his sperm and everything was all good so that was that was good but it you know to begin with I was like oh great I'm the problem (laughs) um but then you know after a little while I thought it's better to just have one issue to deal with than both of us having issues so yeah um so from there we Started seeing a fertility specialist, I think. Yeah, um, we got recommended to a particular specialist from the GP. Um, I started doing acupuncture, did a little bit of reading about how to get my cycles working, and um, none of that was really working. So went to this specialist, and um, she started me on some ovulation induction medication. Um, so I think it was called... She she gave me something to bring on my period. I think it was called Primalute. and then I was on Clomid. Um, and that went for six months. So we did six months of taking the Clomid, having timed intercourse, little scans here and there to see what my ovaries were doing. Um, and. I didn't really click with this specialist. I just felt really rushed, and every time I asked for more options, you know, i you know, I was getting frustrated by that point because it, it'd been about six months, and I was like, you know, we've been together for so long, and yes, we only just got married, but this is what we want. Um, so she just kept upping the amount of clomid that I was taking, which made me a bit crazy, to be honest. Um, and then yeah we just kept asking her like what what's next what's next and um at that point she just kept telling me to lose weight <laughs> um and keep doing what we were doing <laughs> and I was like yeah well I've got polycystic ovarian syndrome one of the side effects is that it's hard to lose weight meanwhile I'd lost a hell of a lot of weight before we got married as well so I wasn't actually considered overweight, but Anyway, we weren't clicking with that doctor. We went through that for about six months. And um, at that stage, we kind of told our families that we were struggling and that was it. We didn't really give any, any information. We didn't tell them we were seeing doctors. We just said, yep, we're trying and it's not happening yet. To so stop people asking, "What, you know, are you going to have a baby? And we were getting up to a year married at that stage, I think, yeah. maybe even more. So no honeymoon baby. No honeymoon baby, which is what we had hoped for. <laughs> yeah. um, and and I think what everyone expected too, because we'd been together for so long. Um, and, yeah, so we continued doing that through 2016 and then um, actually spoke to a friend who had gone through IVF and just said do you have any recommendations for a doctor because I'm not I'm not loving where we're going and she gave me a name of someone so went back to my GP got a referral for him and um, he was amazing we went and met with him at the start of 2017 in January and he just laid out every option possible and he said you need to get off the Clomid for starters because clearly it's not working but he also said that if I'd taken it for too long that my lining was probably going to be too thin and therefore if I had fallen pregnant with timed intercourse then I, the baby may maybe wouldn't stick anyway um so that was really frustrating to hear but he really laid out everything and um was really thorough so he did a full gamut of blood tests and um checked my fallopian tubes which was pretty painful actually so did he do um, a lap a
1: lap for that or he, he did a it? lap
2: it was like a fl- they flushed it out so it was just like going for an internal ultrasound um but they put some sort of fluid through and it was pretty excruciating but it turned out there were no blockages or anything like that a lap was um an option but he didn't see it as something that needed to be done then and there um yeah, he did a lot of tests and took me off the Clomid and brought on my period. So it had been very irregular. Um, and then by February, I think we'd started doing ovulation induction injections um, and taking lovely pessaries. <laughs> um, and and then having like a trigger shot at the right time so I was going in for scans and seeing what my follicles were doing um whether they were maturing enough to release an egg and then we would have a trigger shot and do have timed intercourse yeah Which, um
1: <laughs> sorry i could just hear you <laughs> 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 that's okay yeah. Um, Um, so do you remember just while we take a quick break, do you remember the medication that they put you on? Was it?
2: Yeah. Um, I think it was, hmm, would Gonal F be the right one? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. yeah. For the ovulation induction and then for the trigger, I can't remember what it was called. Maybe. Or Galadrine. Is that a trigger? Yeah. Oh. Uh, would it be ovidril?
1: Yeah, ovidril. Ovidril.
2: That's no. the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. So we ended up doing that for about 6 months, the ovulation injections and then triggers, um which didn't really phase me too much. I mean, I'd have so many blood tests. I'm I'm not yeah, not too bad with needles and things. Um I I remember the first injection being pretty daunting. Um and again, the friend who had been through IVF was giving me a few tips. I wasn't telling her everything, but she was giving me bits and pieces along the way. And um, she was like, it's fine. Just push through the first sign and you'll be okay. But I remember that night just being petrified and saying, Michael, you're going to have to do it. But yeah, it didn't hurt at all. And that was pretty, pretty straightforward and simple. But I think, um, you know, the time to intercourse was pretty hard because it just became a bit of a chore um
1: yep (laughs) I can imagine why
2: yeah just so like six months well really it had been like a year of that because we'd been doing timed intercourse with the clomid stuff as well so um yeah really hard to just I guess stick with that regime and and just stressful so um yeah so that was about six months of that, and then we just kind of got fed up and just said, "Like, what's going on?" I was you ovula- Well, I was having a period, mm-hmm. um, and every you know month, I think they were doing scans of my ovaries and making sure I was ovulating. But it just nothing was happening. So, I'm pretty sure they did another test on Michael's sperm then, and again that came back all good. Um, and then in July. Of 2017 um, I went into the fertility doctor and I just said like, what's next We're we're done with this like we've had enough um, and he was kind of on on the same wavelength as well and he said look we could try IUI um, but it's pretty much what you've been doing you know it's timed it's um, triggering and he said I think you have a really good chance with IVF because because I've got the polycystic ovaries um he said you know for years you haven't been ovulating properly um I reckon we'd get quite a few eggs and so I was ready at that stage like I wasn't I wasn't nervous I wasn't I think we were both just ready for something else and something that we could have a bit more control over I guess Mm -hmm. um in some way, I know you can't really have much control over IVF, but just knowing that there was a plan in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so within about two or three weeks after that, we had police checks done. We did the counselling session, um, everything else that you need to do beforehand. And then we started on the protocol of the gonyleph and the Algeotran. Mm-hmm. That's right, that was the medication, yeah. And then the regular bloods and scans i think at one stage i was going every second day before work to go and get bloods taken and and um internal scans and all that sort of thing to see where where my ovaries were at and where the follicles were at i guess something that i found really interesting that he explained to me is polycystic ovaries they're not necessarily cysts on your ovaries which i i didn't know i didn't know anything about this but um It's actually about the number of follicles on your ovaries and Mm -hmm. whether they're maturing enough to release eggs. So I had lots of little ones on there and they were just trying to, yeah, pump me up to kind of mature those follicles to release eggs. Um, Yeah, so that that was July of 2017 and at that stage we didn't tell anybody what we were going through. Um, like I said, our, our family, our immediate family knew we were struggling and that was kind of it. And, um, I think we just wanted to keep it to ourselves because we didn't want people thinking we were on a timeline and and thinking, you know, asking questions about when are you having transfers or when are you having this operation or what's happening? And I mean, we weren't, we weren't really, um, That familiar with the IVF process either, so I didn't think I'd be able to answer questions from people. I just sort of went along with what the doctor was saying, and um, you know, looking back, I think if I was to do IVF now, I'd be asking so many more questions and probably prompting for more tests and things. But I mean, when you're kind of desperate and naive, you just go along with what the medical professionals are saying, and I trusted the doctor and. Yeah, so we just didn't really want people asking when things were happening. We didn't want them watching us constantly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do have a really um, close friend who lives interstate. So I confided in her a little bit. I think, um, like I said, we're very close, but also her being that distance away made me feel like it wasn't someone who would be watching me all the time. And and just knowing she was there, I sort of confided in her a little bit. Again, we didn't really – I didn't really give her dates and say, oh, we're doing this today and we're doing that today, but just she knew that we were on the IVF path. Mm-hmm. So it really was just her and the other friend who'd been through IVF who kind of knew. Um, yeah, so then in August I went in for my egg retrieval. Um, funnily enough, it fell on my birthday. So <laughs> – I had gone in on a Friday for an internal scan and when they scanned me, they said, Oh, you've got way too many follicles that are mature. Um, and your, I think I'd done a blood test. My progesterone was really high as well. So they said you won't get a fresh transfer when you have your first cycle. Um, And I was devastated. I was like, no, this is fate. I'm going in on my birthday and we're going to make a baby on my birthday. And, um, yeah, so I was pretty lucky. My workplace were really, really supportive. They had a little bit of an idea of what we're going through, but not really. Same with Michael's workplace, but we'd had so many appointments. So, um, we kind of loosely told them, you know, we're trying for a baby and it's not happening, but we may have appointments. and they were really understanding, so that was good. Um, so I just remember on the Friday getting the phone call, and they said, "Right, Monday is the day. Monday, you're going to have your retrieval." And so I went to one of my bosses and said, "I've got to have the day off on Monday." And I just broke down in tears. And she's like, "What's the matter?" I'm like, "Nothing. I can't talk to you about it." But I was just so disappointed that we weren't going to have the transfer done. Um, you know, a few days after. And I was like, that's another month, you know. So we're talking two years since we've been married almost. Um, so what was I up to? Yeah, so we went in for the egg retrieval. Um, and my doctor had explained to me that, you know, 12 eggs is a good number and three embryos would be a good outcome. Um I don't know whether that was just based on assumptions of what is average or whether that was based on my physiology. I don't know. Um, But I remember we were so excited. Like we went in for the um, retrieval and in the lead up to all of this, when we started IVF, I bought these little milestone cards, sort of like the ones that you buy when you have a baby and, taking photos one month, two months, that sort of thing, but they were IVF focused. And so we're there with our card that said egg retrieval taking photos in the gown and like doing I was doing stupid Snapchats to my friend from Sydney saying like get those eggs. It's my birthday and um I like was really, really excited. So um when I woke up afterwards um the nurses started singing happy birthday to me. So that was that was funny. And she's like, oh, we got 35 eggs. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, 35 eggs. So actually really didn't realise how many that is until probably until later. And, like, even listening to your podcast, hearing other stories and going, wow, 35 was massive. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, we're so lucky. And But in turn, I ended up really, really sick that week. So ended up having to have the whole week off work um, I was never really told what what the reason was but um, from that initial scan before I went in for the retrieval I think I was overstimulated and they su- suspected maybe a bit of an infection in one of my ovaries from the procedure just cuz because there were so many eggs and they they were you know prodding and pro- poking so many times um but I was just so sick. I was in pain and constipated and vomiting and couldn't keep any food down and um, barely any liquids. It was just awful. Like the thought of going through another egg retrieval, that that is what would scare me the most if I was to do IVF again because I just ended up so, so sick. Um, and it was at that time I rang my mum crying and, like, I'd had a cold or something a week before and I was like, mom, I need you to go to the chemist. And she's like, what for? Cold and flu. I said, no, I need you to get this and this. And she's like, okay, you're right. I'm like, no, just please. Like I can't drive and I need you to go. So she came over and she's like, this is for constipation. (laughs) i'm like yes she's like what's going on i'm like i'm doing ivf and oh and then i just broke down and told her so it was a bit of a weight off my shoulders to tell my mum, and and um yeah just it was just an awful week so that was on the monday the retrieval on the saturday i ended up in hospital um just because i couldn't stop throwing up yeah i was just so sick um yeah, luckily enough, like I said, my bosses were really understanding. I mean, going back into work and being like, "Yeah, I had a week off. I was unwell," and people were like, "What's wrong?" Um, yeah, I think I had gastro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just that. Was, that was really hard because I was so on such a high about the retrieval and about having it done and the plan, and and then it was just like came crashing down because I was so sick, but. And, and that, um, retrieval, yeah, it just, that was a big, a big thing that week. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they collected 35, um, eggs and Michael went off and did his bit <laughs> and he said, it's just awful. It's like, everyone knows what you're doing. And <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we went away for our wedding anniversary and that's when we got the phone call about what had come of our um, embryos. So we actually decided beforehand to do ICSI, not IVF, mm-hmm. um, because at that stage we were just like, we want to do any anything that can get us closer. And if you're going to pick out the best sperm, then go for it. Um, you know, we'd already spent so much money on everything and we're like, let just do it. Um, so we had 24 mature eggs and they managed to fertilize 16 of them. And then by, I'm guessing it was day five from memory, um, we had 11 frozen embryos. So we'd also chosen to do the um, pre-genetic testing and, mm-hmm. um, so out of the 11, eight of them were tested. So three were unable to be tested, um, which is, I found really interesting that they biopsy around the embryo, they biopsy from what will apparently be the placenta is what I was told, and um, they don't actually touch the part that will become a baby. So those three that were unable to be tested, there just wasn't enough matter around them to be able to take a biopsy so yeah I found it all really fascinating Um, and so from the eight that were tested we had six without any abnormalities so six normal if you want to call it normal embryos we had one that was abnormal and then one that was inconclusive so um, doesn't mean there's anything abnormal with it they just weren't they just couldn't find results for it basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so pretty pretty good outcome. Um we joked that we had, you know, six normal, that's more than a basketball team and we um we met it we met playing basketball, so that's our thing um and I was like, "Whoa, we're going to have six kids. This is amazing." But um obviously that's not always the case. Um, and I don't want to have six kids, but um yeah, we're pretty happy with that outcome and like I said, listening back to lots of other people's stories, I just think I hate I hate using the word lucky, but I do feel like you know, we had such a good outcome with six six um normal embryos and eleven frozen embryos. It's um pretty amazing. So
1: yeah, that's that's a pretty good result.
2: Yeah, yeah. So then um, couldn't do the fresh transfer. Um, and the following month we went in to have a frozen embryo transfer. Um, so I was taking medication to thicken my lining. I think it was called Proginova. Um, and then having lots of scans and lovely pessaries again. To get everything ready um, and I was so nervous I was just like you know we're this is our baby's day we're going to conceive and I was doing every reading everything and doing everything that you know anything told me to do to get ready so I was doing acupuncture really frequently um, and on the day of the transfer took the day off work went and had acupuncture in the morning went and had that transfer and had acupuncture again in the afternoon and didn't eat anything and didn't have any warm showers and just went a bit crazy to be honest. Um, and then we had that dreaded two week wait. (laughs) Uh, we went away for, uh, I think about a week. And while we were away, I started spotting and I said, no, this hasn't worked. Like, I think I'm getting my period. Um, we came back on the Friday and the next day was grand final day and we had arranged to have grand final at our house um, with it, just our immediate family, but that's over 20 people. Um, and the morning of grand final day, like I, I just remember it, it was grand final day. I woke up and had my period and I was so devastated. I just curled up in a ball and cried and, my husband was going and getting all the supplies for grand final day, and I was like, "Go to the, go to Dan Murphy's and get me something now. I want to drink <laughs> because I hadn't had not had i hadn't been drinking in so long. Not that I'm a drinker, but I was like, no, nah, I'm just so disappointed. So, um, yeah, that was a tough, really tough day, and um, I still had to go in on the Monday. So the Saturday was when I got my period. The Monday I had to go in and have the blood test to say whether or not. You were pregnant, Um, and I'd spoken to the IVF nurse and said, "You know, bless you." (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, And I'd said, "You know, I've got my period. I know I'm not." I I actually didn't test, which I think in the lead-up, I'd done so many tests when we were doing the clone and stuff, and the ovulation injection. I'd done so many pregnancy tests. I'd been doing those ovulation tests as well and I think this time around I was like, no, like it's it's IVF. It's it's um you know, it's ICSI It's how could it fail? Like it's it's all proven, you know. <laughs> and um I didn't test but because I had my period I knew and I said to the nurse, um is there any point going to the blood test? And she said, Yeah, yeah, still have it done. So um got a call that afternoon and she said, I'm sorry, you're not pregnant yeah I know um and then she told me what to do to start again for the next month and I was a bit not hesitant um because we wanted to keep going but I was just like I'm gonna do it differently this time I'm not gonna stress you know everyone says just relax it'll happen but I think I really just went overboard the first time that two weeks really did my head in um So then in October, we went in for our next transfer and um, by this stage, we would have had five normal embryos. And when we got in there, they said, really sorry, but um, the embryo that we tried to thaw out first today didn't survive. And I was just devastated. I was like, that's another chance gone. And I really was just focused on that. I was so upset about that. But then we had signed something to say that when we were going in for transfers, um, thaw out as many as you need until you can get one to pop in. Um, so they did. They did a transfer. And um, I don't know, I was just so upset about the one that didn't thaw, you know. I was focused on that. But we did the transfer and the doctor was lovely and um, gave us a little photo of the embryo, which we didn't get the first time around. and. Um, I remember at the time I was reading a book and they, the girl in the book was having IVF, which was just a fluke. And, um, she had said that the embryo on the screen of the ultrasound looked like a little star. And the doctor actually said something really similar on the day. So I was like, okay, let's just call this little one a little star. And that became the little nickname for that embryo. um, but I just took that day so normal. I went back to work, didn't do any acupuncture, didn't really think about it. And the two-week wait then, we were just really, really busy. We had um, – w- work was full on at that time. We had birthdays and baby showers and just so much on. I think I had a retreat for work as well to go to. So like I, I wasn't overthinking it the way I did the first time. Um, and yeah, then went for the blood test on the Monday. I really didn't have my hopes up. Like I just thought, well, no, didn't, didn't work last time. It's not going to work again. And, um, got the phone call at work during my lunch break and she's like, you're pregnant. I said, oh, you're lying. <laughs> she's like, I wouldn't lie about this. Um, and I just I nearly fell over. I just was in shock, I think. Um, so yeah, then I just went back back to work and sort of was in a bit of a daze and then um got in the car on my way home and I called the fertility doctor, and um he's also an obstetrician. So I rang and spoke to the receptionist who you know after all that time they they get to know you pretty well. And, um, I said, Oh, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, Oh, congratulations. And is Michael excited? I'm like, I haven't told him. <laughs> <laughs> so he said to me, don't, I don't want to know because the first time I'd called him and I'd said, Oh, I'm not pregnant. And he's like, okay. And then the second time around, he was like, "No, nah, don't call me while I'm at work. It's too hard to hear and keep going on with the day basically. So, um, I told him that night and I like probably two years before that I got a friend to purchase some little Colton blues bibs because he's a Colton supporter and I'd had them stashed in a cupboard for that long and um quickly ran around and put them in a box and peed on a stick and (laughs) put that in the box and um And then, um, he got home and he was telling me all about work and I'm just thinking like, are you going to ask about this blood test? But it was, that's how we were. We kind of were not really thinking about it too much that time around. And, um, I said, oh, I've got something to show you. And I'm like, have a look at this box. And he opened the box and later on he said, I thought someone had given you a gift and, um, yeah, that's how I told him that we were pregnant. Again, I put one of those cards that we'd been using in there that said big fat positive. And um that resulted in our little boy. So in hindsight, a pretty quick pretty quick um turnaround to get a positive result and to have our baby and um yeah, it took you know, just just over two years of of trying but just over a year since we had started seeing that fertility doctor to go through IVF and and fall pregnant so um really two or three cycles if you count the retrieval as a cycle and then two transfers um yeah mind-blowing that it happened like that but um yeah and then I had a pretty straightforward pregnancy after that except that My progesterone was always off. So, um, for the first 12 weeks, I had to take injections of progesterone. And they were actually worse than any of the injections I ever did for IVF because they were intermuscular. So, um, Michael had to do them for me into my butt cheeks. (laughs) (laughs) And they were so painful, so painful. So, yeah. So, from January. 2017 seeing that doctor to January 2018 we were on our baby moon in Byron Bay so really quick turnaround and I'm I'm glad that I kind of trusted my gut and that I knew that first doctor wasn't you know that there were more options and that um we went with our gut and when we kind of were done with doing some of the protocol that had been set if that makes sense
1: yeah, so I think something that we can sort of get stuck in as patients is that um once you're sort of with one doctor or you know one medical professional you sort of feel like maybe sometimes you've got to stick with them because they just know Totally. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. that's just not the best option for everyone. So Yeah,
2: I mean yeah. we didn't have a great feeling with her from the start anyway, so you know, I kick myself for sticking with her but in you know, in the scheme of things, it was six months and, and we are where we are now. So we're pretty lucky. Um, again, I'm using that word lucky. I hate that, but, um, you know, I do feel like a journey. I hate that word too. <laughs> you know, our story, there's so many people that go through it for so long. I've got a family member who went for it, through it for so, so long and it's just heartbreaking. And um, even though we didn't tell anyone when we were going through it, the minute I was pregnant and announced it, we started talking about it and it was just like verbal diarrhea because I just wanted to tell everyone like this is IVF and this is what happens and this is what we've been going through because there's just not enough of it out there. And um, yeah, I with those little cards that I had been using or put together a little video and popped that up I think it was a year after the egg egg retrieval yeah on my birthday and just said like this is what we did a year ago on my birthday and nobody knew and and I want to share my story because if I can help one person I think it will make a difference because there's you know there's just not enough out there and and to know that someone else has been through it um and I, yeah I had a couple of people reach out to me and And ask questions, and you know, or tell me that they were going through it too, and yeah, that was that was really nice.
1: So, was it was there any other particular reason? So, you mentioned earlier that um, you know you just sort of didn't want people checking in on you to sort of yeah, like you know when you're going
2: yeah yeah that was really it. We just we wanted the pregnancy to be a surprise, you know. Okay, yeah. People to go. Oh, they're, yep they're doing IVF so she might be having a transfer soon oh she probably is pregnant soon even though everyone was already questioning you know Are you guys gonna have a baby that sort of thing but we still wanted that element of surprise um I I never felt shame or anything like that about doing it because I just you know we wanted a family and and I don't think it's anything to be ashamed about I wasn't Embarrassed to talk to anyone about it once, once I was pregnant, I really opened up about it, um, and I'm so grateful. Like the friend that had gone through IVF, like I said, didn't give her many details, but I knew she was there. So just having that someone in the background mm-hmm. that I could go to if I really wanted to, um, but yeah, that was really the only reason. We just didn't want people watching us and waiting, um, and just. Questioning what we were doing, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think yeah. sort of, and especially when people know that you've gone for a transfer, they start asking. Or you know, oh, I'm so
2: glad. I, yeah. I'm really glad I didn't tell anyone then because, um, like I said, that second time around, the two week wait was so busy. We had so much on, and I just, I, I don't know if I would have coped with people asking me how it went at all these different events we were going to, and yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's just interesting hearing why um people choose to tell or to not to tell as yeah, well, so absolutely. yeah
2: and I think um touching on what you were saying about um, you know sticking with one doctor this time around, we we're actually so to begin with, we went through private fertility specialist, um, he then became my obstetrician when I was pregnant, um, we delivered our son and we didn't have private health insurance. So we decided to go through all of that as self-funded private, mm-hmm. which is nice and expensive. Um, and then this time around we've gone for public care. So, you know, I just think there's no, you get, some people just get stuck in a certain peg hole and, you know, I just think you're never stuck. You can question things and you can change your mind and, um yeah we decided that this time around we didn't need that level of care because um this baby's not an IVF baby um so yeah I think yeah what you're saying really resonates because it's okay to change your mind yeah yeah
1: yeah I totally understand that (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah on a level that yeah really I'm I'm, I'm the same so definitely think, yeah
2: yeah and I think now if I was to go through IVF again so we've still got embryos frozen um we that fertility specialist actually opened up a new IVF clinic in Melbourne um like a little independent one so back in December last year we went and saw him just about moving our embryos over to his clinic because we just we had foreseen that when we were ready for baby number two, we would go through him again and, um, you know, he had all our embryos at the clinic he was working at. So we went to him and said, you know, we want to move everything over to your new clinic. Um, And he asked us, you know, are you going to start for baby number two soon? So at that time our son was 18 months. And I was like, No, we just weren't in the headspace. I was like, we're we're just really enjoying being parents and um, I'm not ready to stick myself with needles and I'm not ready to go back into that space. Um, And financially, we weren't ready for it either. Um, And I said, we're just going to try. We're just going to try for six months. And when he turns two, we'll come back and see you. Um, I said, but in the meantime, I'm not having a period because. They didn't return. I know some people say, Oh you know, things go back to normal after you have a baby sometimes. <laughs> and yeah I tell you if I hear one more person say, Oh, I know a friend that did IVF and then fell pregnant naturally and in my head I would be screaming saying, I don't get a period. Like you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> um so he gave me something to bring on my period and and that didn't really work and then first month of actually timing it we fell pregnant and I was like what how is this possible that like I've heard someone on your podcast say before something that that unicorn you know mm-hmm. yeah. that person that goes through IVF and then all of a sudden is pregnant <laughs> yeah naturally and yeah. Um, yeah so then yeah we decided we're not going to go through the um private sector again this time we're just going to go public and Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it just I think if I had to go if I was going down the IVF path again and who knows maybe we will in the future because I think we would like more children um I'd definitely be asking for more questions because I've just informed myself a lot more and you know I never had is it the AMH test that tells you about your egg quality or egg numbers I never had any of that um I never really questioned what medications I was taking I just went along for the ride. Um mm-hmm. the only questioning I had was yeah, we don't want to do the clomid anymore can we swap doctors basically, but um I think it's really important for people to ask questions and if you're not sure inform yourself and and know that it's okay to kind of you know, push for things that you want or get information, um, more detailed information, if that makes sense. Even with our egg collection, I remember them saying like, oh, yeah, you've got six normal. And I was like, yep, cool. And it wasn't until we were sent a summary in the mail that I was like, right, what does this inconclusive mean? Or why were these ones not tested? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, it's important for people to know to ask questions and it's not. You know, you have every right. You're paying for this care or you're you're going through all of this to get the end result. You have every right to ask questions.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think we get a bit afraid too because sometimes, um, you know, you don't want to seem like you're questioning your doctor's approach either. Like,
2: right. yeah. Yeah. So... Right. Even though yeah, I, you are. I had, but, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I had full trust in my doctor, but I just think for my own sanity and just for my own knowledge, I would definitely ask more questions next yeah.
1: time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tiff, do you have any questions?
0: Um, your relationships, what was the impact on IVF on your marriage and I suppose the friendships that did know about yeah. it? And then once you did sort of yep. open
2: up. Um, I think in terms of friendships, um, like I said, I really only had the one girlfriend who knew most of what was going on and we were already really, really close. So, um, in terms of my other friends, um, when I told them, um, I guess some people just don't know what to say. Or they're like, Oh, we should we knew." Um I wish I knew you were going through that. And why didn't you tell me that sort of thing? Um, But once I explained to them why they they kind of understood and, and I've had, you know, friendships form or old friendships kind of rekindle by coming out and saying, Oh, we did IVF and, and people touching base with me. So Mm -hmm. um, nothing negative really in terms of my relationship with Michael, our marriage, I think, It definitely brought us closer um you know of course there were trying moments and um we're very different in the sense that um I am expressive and I'll 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 cry and I'll get angry and I'll I'll really like you know have a pity party and be like why me and why us and this isn't fair and it took so long to get engaged. Why is it taking so long to have a baby? That sort of thing. Whereas Mm -hmm. Michael's really calm and um, kind of just goes within and um, yeah, I mean, it's so consuming all of it. Um, But, and it pushed us to our limits, but I think in a positive way, I think, yeah, it brought us closer. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but <laughs> doing the injections once I was pregnant, that was one of the hardest because Michael's a bit of a wuss with needles <laughs> and he had to do it for me. And I was like, just hurry up and do it because it killed. And he would be like, I don't want to hurt you. But, um, yeah, like little things like that, you know, but, um, overall we were always on the same page. I think we just always wanted kids. So it was like, whatever we have to do, we'll do, um, yeah, I, at the time when I was trying and had a lot of friends and family around me having babies a lot. Um, and I found that hard, of course, like anyone else. And, and then you feel guilty because I was like, I'm not, I'm not upset at that person. I'm so happy for that person. But, um, I, you know, I'm I'm sad for me and I'm sad for the situation. Mm-hmm. And um, but then on the flip side, I was always like, I'm so glad they don't have to go through what we're going through. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit, um, it was a bit double-edged. But, yeah, for Michael and I, it definitely brought us closer. Um, yeah, I think that's with friendships and family. Um, I think the hard thing is some people just don't know what to say. Yeah, or they'll say, "Oh, you need to relax," or "Oh, it'll happen. It'll happen naturally next time." And it's like,
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. can't really tell people that because you just there's no guarantee with fertility treatment or even natural conception, you know. So
2: yeah, exactly right. I mean, I got thirty five eggs and then eleven frozen embryos, and I was like, "Right, we're going to have six babies," and you know. I think that's what devastated me when I found out that one didn't thaw out. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, this is no given. And just because it's, um, you know, a medical way of conceiving, if that's how you want to put it, doesn't mean that it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. I think people yeah. who hear IVF, they think, oh, it's just a guarantee to a baby sometimes. And exactly. it's just not.
2: It's not. It's yeah. not. And there are so many people going through it that we don't know about and there are so many people having their own struggles that you don't know about. And I just think, um, you know, some of the advice you receive and some of the comments that people say, oh, sometimes you just want to scream. It's just like that whole just relax it will happen, you know. It just, yeah, that did my head in. And just people constantly asking. A couple of times I snapped and I was like, it's not always easy, you know? <laughs> and then people will shut down because it's just like stop. And and even the whole, oh, you've been married for two years. Yeah, so what? Not everyone wants a baby. Um, just get off people's back, you know. But yeah, that was really frustrating. Um but I think, you know, if if someone is going through IVF and if I had to say anything to you know, to tell people what to say to someone going through IVF, just listen, like just listen. If they want to talk, it's not necessarily that you need to find an answer to their problems. Just, um, you know, if it's, if someone is going through it, I think they just need someone to talk to if they're starting to talk about it. Um, and, and the comparison thing between, I know someone who did this and I know someone who that, that, that's annoying. <laughs> I just think, you know, everyone's so different. So don't, I know that people resort to that as a bit of a comfort for themselves. Like, oh, I can relate in this way because my cousin did this or my so-and-so did this, but it doesn't help. (laughs) When my son was about eight weeks old, I think, we went to a party, a family party, and someone there had, she's got two children. She'd also been through IVF years ago. Um, and she just said to me, which I, is really stuck with me is don't let the IVF guilt get to you. And I was like, what, what do you mean? And she's like, you're allowed to have bad days with your baby. Don't, don't, you know, sit there and think, but I wanted this. And if you're having a bad day, it's okay. You know, if he's, if he's crying uncontrollably and, um, you, you don't know what to do. Don't say to yourself well, I wanted this so badly and I just, that really stuck with me. Don't let that IVF guilt get to you. You're allowed to have the same ups and downs that any parent will have. Um, yeah, that, that's just something that's really, really stuck with me.
1: Um, so thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I, and I just want to say thank you to you both for putting together the podcast because I am so thrilled that there's something like this for us Aussies as well, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot of birth podcasts out there now which are brilliant, but having something that's so specific to IVF is going to be really helpful for lots of people. So thanks, girls. I really appreciate coming on today. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much.